Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Ashley Pickle. I'm the video director for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine and TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice, thank you for supporting your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here sitting over there at the helm thankfully there's only one of her and not 14 of her it's Malpal how are you Malpal I am doing well I you wish there were 13 of me yeah no, something like that I'm not even going to explain <laughs> that it, for the podcast people if you want to go back go back and watch the uh good teaser the, yeah the, the pre-show get you get you some pre-show action um Let's see, today is Monday, January 10th, 318 days until Thanksgiving. January 10th, the birthday of British rock star Rod Stewart. Happy birthday. I think he turned 77 today. This is episode 1309. Before I get to what's on the show, we'll kind of go through that because we're switch doing a lot of the same stuff, switching around the order. Malpal, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was... Tony Blaylock, Daniel Agnew, Rob Hadaway, and Aaron Arbuckle. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, friends. A gorgeous Monday morning. Luckily, not as cold as it has been, but it's still pretty cold out there. All right. So we're switching around the order of things today. We're going to start off with uh, Lorena head coach Ray Biles. Of course, the state championship winning coach, he's been at Lorena for 30 years, and he finally, not only did the state championship secure his 200th win, he also grabbed his first ever state championship. So we are super, super excited to have Coach Biles hop on the show with us today. Then we have a quick note about uh, some DCTF stuff that we want you to know about. And then in the back half of the show, we're going to do what we usually do to start off Monday mornings, and that'll be some news and notes, some headlines across the state of Texas in regards to football across the Lone Star State. But before we get there, we are uh, Malpal. Let's go ahead and head over to the hotline as we welcome in the head coach of the state championship, Lorena Leopard, Coach Ray Biles. Coach, how are you, man? Doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. Um, we got to ask you before anything else. You've had a couple weeks now, you know, to let to let it all kind of die down and, and soak it all in. But how are things in Lorena, Texas? Is everyone still just so excited about that state championship? Oh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of folks uh, 
I mean, we had a great crowd that day, and I think there were, there were people from uh, the 87 championship game that were all there as well. So uh, it's kind of a big deal here in Lorena, and, and a lot of people are still enjoying it, and that's great for our community and our kids and our school, and uh, it's just a great all-around thing. So I want to go back and kind of start at the beginning of the season. We we projected you guys to finish first in your district. We knew you were going to be pretty good. I mean, you had a great run at 9-3 and three last year, got knocked out in that regional semifinal round. When you when you think back to August and you look at those groups of, of returning starters that you had, did you know then that you had the the team and the pieces of the puzzle to be able to make a state championship run? Well, I, I thought we had the uh, the chance to do that. You know, so many things have to go well for you, uh, injury wise, and, and so many other ways. Uh, your kids, a lot of them, you know, just need to develop. You know, can they continue to improve? And I thought we had a good nucleus, but. Uh, it was a, a matter of how quickly can those guys grow together? Uh, can the offensive line get a little bit better? Can our defense start? You know, we last year we scored an awful lot of points, uh, but we we had difficult time stopping people. But this year we had a much better defensive stand all the way uh, through the season. So anyway, there were some question marks, but I think uh, after the first two ball games, <clears throat> we were 0 2 against Franklin and China Spring. But uh, at that point in time, I could tell, hey, we, we got a shot. These guys are good and they're playing well and they're playing hard and things don't rattle them. They just get up and keep going. So, uh, you know, we thought we had a shot. Well, and that's, I love how you phrase that. Because, I mean, obviously, yeah, you start the season 0-2. Now, obviously, those two teams had incredible seasons as well. But you started there moving on throughout the season. Was there a moment when stuff had really been going right? You start to get some of those wins under your belt that you realized, oh, shoot, man, we're we're doing this. We we actually can make this run to AT&T Stadium. Was there a specific moment in the year that that clicked? Yeah, I believe for me, probably, uh, I guess it was the area finals uh, down at uh... – Texas State against mm-hmm. Columbus. Uh, we had a very good ball game in, in all phases of the of the game, offense, defensive, kicking game, and I could just see the you know the confidence uh, you know, growing week to week to week. And these guys, uh, you know, they grew into a position where you know they they were expecting to win. They weren't just hey, let's hope this works out well. It was like now let's go take care of our business. So uh, from that standpoint, probably that you know third round of the playoffs, and from then on, I, I really thought those guys are you know they they all have uh, bought into what we're selling and uh, it looks real good. Absolutely, it did. And offensively speaking, I mean, you really had a two-headed monster there with uh, both Rhett and Reed at, at the running back positions and some really tough ground and pound kind of guys. I know that they're seniors, obviously. They went out on top. But how much fun was it for you to watch those two guys go in there week in and week out and just dominate well, it, it, it was so nice because there was no drop-off. Uh, they, they both played on defense. Uh, Rhett was a defensive end, Reed's a safety. So they were both playing on the defense side of the ball. And uh, whichever one of them happened to be rotating in on that particular series at the running back position, you know, uh, Reed ended up with 1,437 yards and Rhett ended up with 1,496 yards. So and they were almost balanced out as far as – carries and yards per carry and everything else so there wasn't really a drop off but uh and i think those two kids were you know really encouraging each other uh mm-hmm. you know i know when when reed got hurt in the semifinal game in the second quarter you know uh, he it would have been easy for him just to you know poker up and pout up but uh, and he was a number one cheerleader the rest of the week uh, going into that state championship game and we were still hopeful that we could get him on the field but it just didn't pan out that way so uh, you know going into the game we were pretty sure Rhett was going to have to carry the rock all night long and he did a tremendous job for us. 
And then going over to your defense, too, I mean, this was a unit that really only gave up just over 14 points a game out of your unbelievably long season. We knew that that was going to be a really strong unit for you. How pleased were you with the way that that unit just worked? It seemed like they gelled together so well. They did, and they really, um, as the season progressed, you know, a lot of confidence, uh, again, on that side of the ball. But, you know, those kids played extremely hard. They they weren't the biggest ones, uh, you know, by far uh, that we've had. But, uh, boy, these guys got after it. And, uh, you know, the pursuit and the way they played with a tremendous amount of effort and uh, just rallied to the ball, rallied to the ball, rallied to the ball. And, you know, we just, uh, you know, our whole philosophy is just don't give up the home run, force them to snap it again, snap it again, snap it again. If we can do that, then hopefully we can get a stop or, or end up with three instead of seven up on the board. So anyway, but I'm very proud of the way those guys progressed. Coach Snodgrass and our defensive staff did a tremendous job with them. And then finally, you get to that state championship game, and your guys come out. I mean, you get up 14 nothing, and, and you really never looked back from that point. I'm curious as to, at, at halftime of that game, what were you telling your guys about going out there and finishing that second half of play and ending up being the state champions? Well, you're exactly right. You know, we talked about finishing the game, and, and then we felt like in the second quarter we, we did not play our best football uh you know we had a turnover and we had some some miscues they hit a couple of big plays and so uh you know we felt like we'd probably taken some of their best shots and we were still up by possession so uh you know it was critical in the third quarter that we go out and get a stop and we did right off the get-go and went down and scored again and extended that lead to 21-6 and uh, you know and then it, it was on from there but uh yeah those guys at halftime we just you know said hey keep doing what we do uh, we're not gonna come in here and change anything uh, just keep playing hard and let's see what happens but uh you know very very confident bunch of kids and uh, there never was a doubt in their minds that you know they were going to come out of the thing with a w we're talking to coach ray biles the head coach of the Lorena leopards get involved with the conversation hashtag tia today coaches a couple more questions for you and and one i know texas high school football coaches hate talking about themselves but we're gonna put you on the spot here with that state championship win that not only was your 200th career win then you add on to the fact that it was your first state championship at a program that you've been coaching at for 30 years now. I mean, you're a man who is the fabric of that community there. What what did it mean for you to be able to finally hoist that trophy up and, and when that buzzer finally rang at at the end of that game? What did what was it what was that moment like for you? Well, obviously, you know, it was very emotional. <clears throat> My kids were down there. They're all adults at this point in time, and we have nine grandkids. And, and so there were <laughs> a lot of family members that, uh, you know, had, had endured an awful lot. You know, I've coached mm -hmm. for 42 seasons, like you said, the last 30 here at Lorena. And uh, to be able to put it all together and, and to be able to bring one home for uh, this community was huge. Uh, and not only just for me, but for our family and everything else, because, you know, the sacrifices that a coach's family make are tremendous. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times dad's gone. A lot of times your husband's gone. So uh, anyway, they, uh, you know, that was something that I felt, uh, you know, tremendously not relieved, but just uh, very happy for a lot of people other than myself. But uh, it, it was a great feeling and, you know, still is somewhat. Absolutely. And then finally, coach football coaches, well, they they never shut their brain off. I know it's only January and, and we're already looking forward towards the 2022 season. But when you take a look at the Lorena Leopards and, and what they can do in, in 2022, what are you excited about for the team? Well, we've got some good ball players coming back. <clears throat> you know, Jaden Porter, one of our receivers, uh, sophomore, will be back for a couple of years. Uh, Joe Gutshaw, uh, another young man 
plays some defensive line and very good football player. And they're just two of, of several young men that we have coming back that I think we're going to have to build around. And, uh, you know, we've got an awful lot of work in front of us. We started um, uh, six, seven, eight, I think eight seniors on both sides of the ball. So mm-hmm. I think we're bringing back three and three on either side wow. of the ball. And so a lot of places to play, a lot of places <laughs> to fill in. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of competition going on right now. We're back we're back in the weight room and on the track and trying to get better today. Well, Coach, we really appreciate the time. Thank you for giving us <laughs> an unbelievable football team to watch there. It, it was a blast to watch y'all. Congratulations again on the win. And we, we hope the party in Lorena just keeps going for you, man. Well, thank you, Ashley. We appreciate y'all, too, and thanks for the job that you do for Texas High School football. We appreciate it. There he goes. The head coach of the state champion, Lorena Leopards, Coach Ray Biles, and just forever excited for him, and, and we've talked about it a couple times, to really build up a program, and Lorena is a program that had been a long, around for a long time, but to coach somewhere 30 years, like we talk about that, mm-hmm. like thinking, think like Dirk, we just watched, yeah. we just watched the ceremony of Dirk getting, you know, his jersey put in the rafter, and it's a guy that was there for so long, and you really become a part of that community, and mm-hmm. you, you really learn. Everybody knows you, everybody loves yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's what you know, it's what mm-hmm. all of those kids there, they've never known another coach from the time that they were born in Lorena all the way up. Up. They've right. never known another coach to be in charge of a program like that. And for him to get it, I mean, you could just see everyone across the state. He's known as, you know, the grandfather of, of Central Texas. And so, so excited for him to finally be able to get that. Yeah. And that game, too. I mean, that team was so dominant on both sides of the ball. And he even mentioned it. I mean, even the second half, they had a couple of those mistakes. But just because they had those mistakes, like, it didn't affect them at all. They were so dominant that they were able to just brush those mistakes off so quickly and not let it affect them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the outcome of the game, you can can tell by it, but it was a, a great game. Yeah, and there was only one person on the DCTF staff that picked Lorena to win. <coughs> anyway, we appreciate Coach Ray Biles joining us today. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon talking football in the Lone Star State. We hope you will consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. Our Rising Magazine is now out. If you go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe, we will mail this baby right to you. It's taking a look at some of the top 400 recruits in the state of Texas. It is full of nothing but crouton goodness. So go ahead and go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe. All right, Malpal, we will get to headlines across the state um but before we get there there's there's a thing that we've known for a couple weeks um it's it's kind of been kept under the wraps um but Matt Stepp announced it today on Twitter and so he's he's ready to go public with this um and so we just wanted to we know some of you don't have Twitter so you don't get to see this stuff and and everyone has a kind giving heart that watches this show so we want to give you the opportunity to do something for our guy Step. So I'm going to go ahead and read the thread that he put out on Twitter today and this is just so I get all the information correct and and y'all can hear it straight from him and then we'll show you how you can help. Um this is what Step put on Twitter earlier this morning. I wanted to give everyone an update on my health and the lack of Texas high school football updates of late. I've been hospitalized since December 31st with a staph infection in my bloodstream that spread to my heart. Although it is a serious illness, I'm confident I will pull through. I want to first thank my wife who insisted that I go to the hospital against my wishes. She saved my life and there's a good chance this infection left unchecked for another 12 to 24 hours would have done irreparable damage. I'd like to thank the wonderful doctors, nurses, and staff at Cambridge Memorial Hospital. They're true heroes and did an amazing treatment on me to save my life. Never once did I, they care about me not being insured in Ontario. All they cared about was me getting well. 
What's next? Well, I'm still very sick. How this happened, I'm not sure I'll ever know. I woke up Monday, December 27th and thought I slept wrong with some neck stiffness. By Friday, December 31st, I lost my appetite, had slept very little in five days, and had 102.8 fever. I was hallucinating. I had red inflamed rash across my chest that was hot to the touch and I was in indescribable pain. I'm going to require another six full weeks of treatment. It may be done here in Canada, but I may have to fly back to Texas to go straight into the hospital upon landing to get evaluated. We don't know just yet, just depends on insurance and political red tape. Because this happened overseas and me not being a Canadian citizen, my family is going to face some large medical bills from being hospitalized for well over a week. Any prayers and good thoughts you may have are appreciated. We're also doing a GoFundMe to help offset some of the overseas medical expenses we had incurred. So if any of you are so inclined to help us out, we'd be very grateful. Here's the link. You can see the link on the screen below me. If you need to take out your phone, take a picture of that, share it as anything that you can, um, there's the link on the screen right there. And then finally, Step rounded it out with, in the meantime, I'm hoping to be out of the hospital soon, getting the final treatments that I need knocked out and getting back on the Texas high school football grind. I will do my best to keep you guys updated regarding my help on here. Love y'all. So I don't have to be the one to tell y'all this. If you have ever had the opportunity to interact with Matt Stepp, you know that he is a guy that will drop anything and everything to help any possible person he can. I mean, from the, my time starting here, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about Texas high school football. And he never told me it was a dumb question. He never laughed at me. He just helped and helped. And so he's doing well. He's getting better. But it's been a big scare for all of us. Mm -hmm. He's he's our guy. And so um, I've heard... Ooh. I've heard a lot of people say to Step, you know, we can never thank you enough for what you've done for Texas high school football. Well, here's your opportunity to help him yeah. and to help his family. He means so much to us here. And so, like I said, we put the, uh, I didn't expect to get that emotional. So, sorry, love you, <laughs> Step. Um, we put the GoFundMe for Matt Step down there. Um, there is the link. Please, if you if you don't want to type that in now, take a picture of it. Um, and if, if you can't donate, that's perfectly fine. Prayers, if you're not the praying type, then just hold a thought for him, you know. We, we want to make sure that he gets the help he needs, and we want to make sure that he gets better because we need him back here for Texas high school football. Mm -hmm. So um, we love you, Step. We're, we're ready for you to get better. He's, he's, doing, he's doing well. We, we're so grateful for all the doctors and, and everything up there in Canada. And, uh, yeah, if you, felt, if you felt led, GoFundMe format step right down there on, uh, on the screen. We'll leave it up for, for just a little while longer. Um, but, yeah, everyone, uh, everyone say some prayers. And if you felt led, please, please donate to help out step because we want to get our guy better. Yeah, I remember the, the first time that I had met him, this was – Oh, gosh, probably when I was an intern, like, a year and a half ago. I mean, he just made me feel so welcome. Yeah. I mean, you, you all did. Don't get me wrong. You, right. You guys all did. But him specifically, he came up to me and was introducing himself. And, of course, I had already known of him because I had worked in Texas mm -hmm. high school football before. But, and he was a legend. Everybody knew who he was and stuff. And just having the opportunity to work with him and meet him in person was just so special because he is such a nice good-hearted person he's he really so truly cares about the kids that he covers the teams mm -hmm. the coaches that he meets I mean he takes the time to go up and, and and talk to you if he knows you or if he doesn't know you he'll go up and greet you personally like he's not he doesn't have a big head he's very nope. down to earth so and humble just a, just a humble all-around fantastic person I think my favorite my favorite thing about step and we've talked about this before 
one of my favorite things about Step is, man, it doesn't matter who he's standing by, where we are. If if he goes up to shake someone's hand, whoever from the DCTF staff is standing by him, he goes, oh, coach, have you met? Answer. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. he'll, he'll do that with, like, Emma. She hasn't been here very long. She's right. never been to a thing. But if Emma was standing next to Step, she's not. he's not going to, like, talk to the coach and just kind of leave her there hanging. It's going to be, have you met Emma? She's the best HR person we have or, you know, yeah. the best – uh, customer service person yeah. that we have and so anyway step is yeah one of the most genuine people he cares about this sport and I just I know how many people have said we we just we will never be able to thank you enough mm -hmm. here's yep. here's the time this is when it'll mean most so there you go uh the GoFundMe for Matt Step our guys he's doing good he's getting better every single day but prayers and funds will will help exponentially and I can't tell you how much he and his family would appreciate it so shout out to Max Thompson for setting up that GoFundMe yeah. Poochie always a great guy <laughs> All right, we're going to do a hard and stop fast from that. Um, News. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> Step would not want us to sit there and dwell on that. So um, we'll, we'll keep you all updated as, as we hear more stuff with him. But in honor of Step, let's talk some high school football. Malpal, let's go ahead and do some headlines across the state. And what we're going to start off with, again, we did this last week, but we're probably just going to keep doing it. Reminder. UIL Realignment Day is set for February 3rd. Um, that'll be, we go through once every two years where the UIL completely switches all the districts and stuff. Some of them stay the same, some of them not. Uh, snapshot Day was earlier, well, I guess last year now, technically, in 2021. Mm -hmm. So we've got some really good ideas as to where teams are going to go. Such good ideas that, well, the man himself, Matt Stepp, has put together articles of um, kind of giving perspective on where he thinks certain teams are going to go and two we're not going to be going into 7a this realignment period but it looks like it would probably be something Very within soon. the next two yeah. three maybe um step does do what a mock 7a realignment would look like so all of that's on texasfootball.com so we just want to remind you as realignment days are coming up if you're curious where we think that your team is going to land well texasfootball.com has got you covered mm -hmm. for all of that yes We'll also have you covered on February 3rd. We'll have people all across the state doing all that stuff, all the normal jazz. The Revenge Tour starts on February 3rd. <laughs> you, get to, you get to edit your video that you love. Yeah, I got to get on realignment that. video. I need to talk to Tepper because he's not here to voice stuff. Um, we'll figure it out. Hey, Tep. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Another headline across the Lone Star State. This one. Broke by Matt Stepp just earlier today. <laughs> um, he, even in the hospital, he, he is, is still, still grinding. grinding. Our guy. guy. Lovick Estacado head coach Joe Cluley has um, will be leaving and he will be heading to oh, graphic uh, name the head coach of Mount Pleasant. Oh, I'm so, sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't change good. that part. Totally happens. Um, so coach Cluley was has been at Lubbock Estacado for the past six years. Um Three, he's 33 and 16 is his record there. Three consecutive district championships. They made it to the third round of the playoff twice. I mean, he's really taken that program and, and made something out of it. And that's kind of one that it's typically kind of a slow grow there. You're not talking, you know, really, really down to state championship within two years. But, I mean, making it to the third round, representing West Texas, he has really built up that program out there. Now he's moving over to Mount Pleasant. So, um, Richie Picknard was the head coach at Mount Pleasant. He is now just taking over solely athletic director roles. So I think he was head coach and athletic director. He will solely be taking on athletic director roles there. Um, if you're not sure where Mount Pleasant is, it's about 50 miles north of uh, Longview. So Cluley is going from yay. Wait, no. 
looking at state of Texas, yay to yay all the way over there. Big <laughs> move for him, but it's moving up a classification there. Um, uh, two classifications, actually, 5A Division 2. And let's see, the Tigers were 4-6 and six this past season. They made the playoffs for the first time in five years. Um, but he's going to try and turn that program around completely. The last time that they had a winning record was in 2012, I believe. It was an 8-3. and three. So a program that's, you know... It, some improvement there. They're going to have some of their returners back, but we're super excited for Coach um, Cluley to make his move from far west to far east there. I always give a lot of credit to head coaches that are also athletic directors because yeah. that is one heck of a job. Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know what it all entails, especially when you see it at like the 6A or even 5A level. Yeah. That's just incredible. I don't know how people even do that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's super common when you get like, I mean, anywhere past 4A, a, D2. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, even all the 3A schools, like that was always the way it is Atlanta. You know, it's that. You see it at the, at the upper level too, and it's crazy. But um, yeah, it, it is impressive when you have that many student athletes to, to oversee at, at a bigger level like mm -hmm. that. So congratulations to Coach Cluley heading over there to Mount Pleasant. Another one, the San Antonio All-Star football game was this past weekend. You probably saw all of our recruiting brethren down in the 2-1-0 all week. And, I mean, they do stuff leading up to this, like, crazy different skills. You know, they have basically, like, different pro days almost where you go out there and you're able to see, you know, what's your 40 time, what's your this, blah, blah, blah. They do it all week long. It all leads up to the grand finale, which is the All-Star game on Saturday. And the final result was Team Gold. That was coached by Ricky Locke, the head coach at Southside High School, um, defeated Coach Mark Soto's team, Black, 18-9. to nine. Now, Coach Soto, if you'll remember, he was at San Antonio Johnson this past season, and now he has accepted the Converse Judson job. That's his alma mater, so he's back home and super excited about it. Um, but, yeah, they ended up doing that. And so if you're not familiar and uh, with the San Antonio All-Star Game, basically we had the big-time, big-time national All-Star Game in Florida the week before last. Um, this one is basically just – there's 115 different athletes from 61 different high schools, but those 61 high schools are all in that more southern part of Central Texas in Bernie and stuff like that, down to Taft and, and, and everything, obviously, in San Antonio. But – I always like this because I feel like it's a really good opportunity for people to get, especially recruiting guys, mm -hmm. to find those hidden gems. Right. Especially in Texas when you have 1,400 high schools, yep. all covered of which in our <laughs> magazine. Um, but it, it, like a lot of uh, talented players can go under the radar at mm -hmm. times just because they're overlooked by big name kids, you know? So a, a game like this is, I think, really awesome oh, for, for kids that get overlooked like that. Well, and let's not shoot the bull here we recognize that a lot of the talent that's playing in that big time all-scar game it's a lot of dfw and houston yeah. kids that's the name of the game if you don't like it sorry yeah. but it's true you have you have the Cade Klubnicks from down in austin and you have the guys all across the state mm -hmm. there are prospects all across the state but what that ends up happening is then you have the chance in these all-star games to see those other prospects across the state that might not get a whole lot of you know reaction just from where they're like recruiting action from where they're at who they play for how well their team does there are some dudes down there in the San Antonio area it might not be as many collectively as right. in Dallas and in Houston and that kind of stuff 
but they're down there. And so that gives these recruiting guys a moment after the season's over to go get their eyes. And then they can go back and watch the huddle tape and they can recommend, oh, hey, there's a three-star down here that you should really take a look at to programs like a North Texas, an SMU, a Texas Tech even, you know? Um, so very, very cool there that that, that went that went just as well as it always does. And uh, some great recruiting stories down there from the San Antonio All-Star Game. Moving on to the college level here, let's talk about something that we totally saw coming. <laughs> I have a I have a couple notes on this, and the first one says, "Yeah, we saw this. We coming. saw it coming. This is no shocker to anybody." So TCU running back Zach Evans is transferring. Announced that he was transferring to Old Miss. This is the furthest thing from a surprise for anyone I feel like who kept up with college football yeah. in the state of Texas, and. Maybe a little bit of it has to do with the coaching change, but if we're going to be completely just bluntly obvious here, I think it's because what Gary Patterson utilized Zach Evans for was nothing. Yeah, you this have kid, one of the top running backs in the state, in the a, nation. He's a five star coming out of high school, and he chooses TCU. Mm-hmm. You got to play that guy a lot. And the most frustrating part, we talked about it all season on Republican football. Now, of course, he got hurt. I think in the Texas Tech game, so yes. he didn't play a couple of those but there were a couple games like in that texas game Mm -hmm. he had 15 carries Mm -hmm. why aren't you gonna run that guy why aren't you gonna give him like 30 plus carries a game when he's obviously your premier running back right you know well and that's what we always compared him to a little bit of Bijan robinson there because why did tom herman get fired well there's a lot of reasons but yeah it was primarily because he had a talent like bj robinson and somehow didn't figure it out until a useless bowl game right you know it's like how how do you not and I don't know we talked a lot I don't know if it was Gary Patterson kind of being stuck in his ways of wanting he's a defensive guy so offensively are you just trying to keep it balanced Mm -hmm. is there something we don't know about Zach Evans what is it the point of it was when they gave the ball to Zach Evans they won games when they limited him to 10-15 carries a game they didn't win games it's such a trend amongst teams in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. I can name at least two other teams that were like that as well. North Texas being one and Texas A&M mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah, but I think that Olmus is a really good fit for him. Even in the bowl game when Matt Corral was out, they really could have used a premier running back like mm-hmm. Zach Evans. So I think this is a really good fit for him. And I think he's going to probably get the ball more than 15 times a game yeah, I under mean, Lane Kiffin's squad. Yeah, say what you will about Lane Kiffin. He's not a dummy when it comes no, to football. So we'll see. But uh, we we figured that transfer was coming. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the new coaching staff might have wished that they could have kept him. But TCU running back Zach Evans now transferring to Ole Miss. Now, can I mention one thing kind of on mm-hmm. along the lines? I've mentioned this to you before, but there were reports out on Twitter that said Gary Patterson visited Texas this weekend. Now, I guess it was just a tour of football facilities and stuff like that, but there were a bunch of reports saying that he was up there, or I guess down, down there, there. Technically. I always get, I always get <laughs> Texas you know, jumbled, but there are reports that he's down there, so I wonder if Sark is like, mm, I want to maybe move more into that direction, hire him on the staff. But I just thought that was super interesting. I wanted to, to mention that, I mean, too, while we were on the topic GP's of TCU. GP's always wheeling and dealing. I'm sure he had his sweat <laughs> rag, and he's, yeah. he's wheeling and dealing. We never know. But interesting. That is interesting to hear that he was down there. So yeah. I guess uh, we'll keep our – our coaching eyes on to yeah. see how that all plays out. <laughs> um, all right, Mal Powell. And then one more, and we're going to talk about 
one heck of a football coach here. Mary Harden Baylor head coach uh, Pete Fredenberg announces that he will be retiring um, after 24 seasons. And you want to talk about a guy that needs to have, if he doesn't, all, and I'm going to play ignorance here. I don't know if he already has a statue outside of Crew Stadium, does. but if he doesn't, he should. Um, his he had an I mean just an unbelievable season there you know that Mary Harden Baylor has been the division three powerhouse for years at this point I mean what he was able to do he led I mean just one of the nation's most solidified college football programs at any level and their level of dominance year in and year out and so congratulations to him you saw the unbelievable I we follow a lot of obviously Waco sports journalists in in the greater area down there and it was like the level of love, much like Ray Biles, kind of the level of love that that man has down mm-hmm. there. Um, it just kind of took over by storm. But congratulations to him. He will be naming his longtime defensive coordinator, Larry Harmon. He was promoted to head coach. So they're going to keep that uh, that Fredberg coaching tree just continuing to pump through there. And I think that that probably says a lot of good things for their recruits that they yeah. get to having that sense of normalcy and that crew defense has always been outstanding yeah so and just to highlight his career a little bit more he founded the program in 1998 so his first two seasons right 1998 1999 he had a losing record Mm -hmm. which is expected if you're a brand new program that's not too out of the weeds 2000 third year as a program went nine and one (laughs) dude's insane he did a fantastic job and with three ncaa division three titles he is certainly a legend, and I think I, – I looked it up. I don't think they have a trophy of him, but they def- – or not a trophy, a statue. statue of him, but it'll probably be coming soon. You got it. You got to think that that's coming. And oh, yeah, for Like sure. you said, yeah, starting the program and everything. I mean, he, he is UMHB, and yep. so um, big congratulations to Coach on, on an unbelievable career. We wish him nothing but the best um, heading into retirement. So I think that'll do it. There are some headlines across the Lone Star State talking news and notes. We'll do this every single Monday to make sure we're keeping you up to the latest and greatest across the Lone Star State. Now let's over, head over to Mallory Hartley at the helm for America's favorite segment, Final Thoughts. We'll do a quick programming note. You're stuck with us all week. We will be <laughs> here mm, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Friday, we will have a special guest. We'll probably keep that a secret until then, maybe, yeah. if you want to. Well, I think it's kind of We'll fun. release it, like, Wednesday. Okay, that works. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, this is our first full week of shows in a hot minute, it seems yeah. like. I mean, really, probably since state championships, just the way that everything uh-huh. fell in the holidays and blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on. Uh, but yeah, we will have Mailbag Friday. So go ahead and start thinking of those mailbag questions because it'll be the first one of the off season. So that's always f- a fun time. And we'll have a special guest here to answer some questions with us. Yeah. Fun. Tent. <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's Twitter. Or, well, whew, let's start over. Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. It's on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, youtube.com slash Dave Campbell's TF. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. And, of course, see all of our work at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to our guest, Ray Biles, for joining us. Um, for Mallory Hartley, I'm Ashley Pickle. Vince Young. Come get it. Like, you have a week left without Tepper being here, so come get it. Hurry. We are running out of time. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow on TexasFootball.com. Today. Whatever. (laughs) 